You're listening to a Broadmoor Podcast production. On Sunday, we celebrated the second week of Advent and reflected on the theme of peace. Pastor Josh preached from Isaiah 1, verses 2 through 20, which, on the surface, doesn't feel like a very peaceful passage. We find Isaiah here delivering some pretty heavy news to God's people, Israel. But, as Josh pointed out, it's in passages like this where the message of Christmas is born. Into the darkness is where the marvelous light of Christ comes. We must understand our utter brokenness before we can fully appreciate what a gift we've received and the peace that Christ brings. On today's episode, we talk about how the original audience would have heard and received this message from Isaiah in order for us to understand its context for us. We also discuss what it means truly to worship as God requires and what it means when God says through Isaiah, I cannot endure iniquity and solemn assembly. Thanks for joining the conversation today. This is After the Message. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast today. Hello. Good morning. Merry Christmas. Yes. Merry Christmas two weeks away. (laughs) Well, (laughs) say it while you can, right? It is coming. It's coming. Yeah, it's it's good to see everybody. Let's enjoy it all we can. That's right. There you go. Yeah. Happy birthday, Mark Evans. Thank you. Yeah. Yesterday. Wait, right. Wait, yesterday. Oh, yesterday. Yesterday. Mm-hmm. All right. I missed that, man. Happy birthday. 35. 35. And holding. That is not true. <laughs> <laughs> I look pretty good for 35. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If it were true, you do. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. So everybody have a good weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It was. Yeah. We got some rain, which yeah. was kind of fun to have rain. Mm. Fun. Oh, I would not have yeah. thought fun, but, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There's something about I love um, rain. a rainy day. A rainy day. It makes, I, I want to sit inside anyway. Like, there's just something to that. <laughs> Gives you but more permission to sit inside. Rainy, and I'm like, oh, just be right. Just sit right here in the seat and cut on my mm. fire. And that's no, great. It was a fantastic yeah. Saturday afternoon. Mm. Yeah. A cold, rainy day. Uh, you know, is is nice. It just feels relaxing. Indeed, yeah. it is. You know, I wasn't going for fun, but you know, um, you know, like a good reading day or just mm. kind of sit inside yeah. football. Fire. Football. football, yeah. Well, Saturday was not a fantastic not a, day for football, yeah, but yesterday was a good day. It was me. great. But if the uh, we're not here to do sports commentation, but the Army Navy game, fantastic game. It it ended. So, it mm. came down to the one yard line, yep. fourth down and one, a goal line stand. Get out of here man give me all of that football (laughs) it was so good it was good (sighs) i love it uh well sorry people hey (laughs) and we had a great day (laughs) and we had a great day yesterday so uh you know good good oh yeah worship yeah so um yeah when did you even have time to watch football yesterday it's like (laughs) well it was worked it in you so, don't see well, Mark night. on his phone during church service? <laughs> ah, yeah. So now <laughs> we know. singing last night. Yeah. He's, uh, Somebody might have seen me taking care of fantasy yesterday morning during the service. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, good. no, it was a good day. We, uh, uh, Of course, last night was our uh, Christmas night of worship mm-hmm. and had the uh, preschool kids, adults, uh, yeah. production teams, everybody involved, and it was it was really great. It was good. And, it was good. Uh, How do you feel this incredible. morning as you were the spearhead of all of it? 
uh, yeah, a, little, a little tired, but yeah. but good. You felt felt good though, yeah. like it's over. Yeah, well, <laughs> praise the Lord. Relieved, it was good, yes. and it's good that it's over. It yeah. is. It is good. It, it was, was good. really well done. It yes. was um, fantastic. Yeah, I think well. every time one of my favorite parts is always watching the kids when they finally notice themselves on the screen. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. that moment where if you can <laughs> if you can catch the kid right when they lock into it, it's like. <gasps> That's me on the yes. screen, and then they're done. Yeah, yeah. From that point forward, they're like looking this over their chaos. shoulder. Yeah. yeah, and and you know, and and kids are so uh, you know they're so authentic too, right? You know, it's just whatever whatever's going through their mind at the time yeah. it doesn't matter that I'm in front of you know right. fifteen hundred people and I'm on camera. <laughs> Uh, I, the camera was panning uh, last <laughs> night, and it came up on there was this uh, preschool. Uh, there was this this boy and girl, and apparently I loved the, it. Apparently, the boy was like <laughs> I saw it. aggravating the girl, that and was she like smacked him. That or was something. the greatest yeah. star. <laughs> yes, yeah. Tom, Thomas and Nikki's daughter. They've been best friends since they were like literally born. So it was literally like a brother sister <laughs> yeah, thing going on. Awesome. Uh, I thought that, great. that is so good. It was really good. So. Anyway, it's real life right there. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Um, well, hey, good to have you guys in the room. And uh, so so just so everybody knows who's here today, uh, Sean Selman, Josh Brady, Preston Crow, Mark Evans, and Chase Hammock. Woo! Good to have everybody yeah. uh, on the podcast today. So, um, so we were in day two of our Advent uh, series, and, uh, and the theme yesterday was peace. And uh, so... You preached, Josh, from uh, from Isaiah, uh, as we kind of set up that that idea, mm-hmm. and so, um, yeah, it was a it was a hard passage. It's right? certainly weighty. Yeah, yeah. it's heavy. It's it heavy. Is heavy. I, I remember um, the first time I I'd heard this passage, probably ever, but but particularly preached. Uh, I was in college, and um, they, the the pastor was talking about the depth of our, our, our brokenness and, and not just like a, a theological construct, like uh, sin is entered the world, therefore you're separated from God. But it was, I think in reading through Isaiah one or having it preached to me and then going back and reading it and studying it, like there's, there's very tangible, applicable, applicable reasons that, that we are separated from God and, and all of it is to our own doing. Mm-hmm. But Isaiah through God's grace and, and vision that he gives him, points out very specific areas in the life of, of his people. And I think that's one one great thing to remember about this. This isn't written to a pagan society. Right. It's, not a, it's not a vision to a group of people who don't know God. Mm-hmm. These are people who are supposed to yeah. know God more than anybody that, yeah. that have seen his faithfulness for generations. And yet they're still acting in ways that, that are not honoring to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so the Lord is calling them to attention. Yeah. Uh, and, and that is Isaiah 1, which I think is a beautiful depiction of why Christmas is so important, mm. um, the the weight of eternity legitimately is is, is trembling. They 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 realize now that they are hopeless. They they have nowhere to turn. They can't fix themselves. What do they do? Well, well, now there's a promise of one to come, but but will he come? When will he come? What will it look like when he shows up? And then all of a sudden, he shows up, mm. and 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 this this promise for for all the thousands of years. Has now been fulfilled in this little baby, and even still, I can't imagine, right? So, and thinking of of Simeon, who who sat at the temple, just just waiting, waiting for the day, because God had given him a promise mm-hmm. that he would see the consolation of Israel. He would see the one who would come to give comfort where there was no comfort, and and he would see it before he died. Well, he he was getting older, mm-hmm. he was getting close to death, and he knew it, and so he's just Lord, Lord, what would it look like? 
And then he sees this baby. And there's there's this moment in the scriptures that Simeon picks up Jesus and and blesses him and gives this beautiful blessing. Again, that Mary and Joseph, I'm sure, are just taking every bit of it in because oh, yeah. they had to know this was going to be a special child with all the things that they had already walked through. Mm-hmm. But the fact that perfect strangers are saying, my whole life I've been waiting mm-hmm. on this boy, wow. now comes and speaks a mm-hmm. word of blessing over him. Like, what an incredible moment in history! Mm. Now, I heard you made a uh, you. I heard you make a comment earlier uh, before we recorded uh, that that this was Isaiah. The entire book really is the original Christmas passage. Yeah, and uh, and and but you also said something, and I I think this would be good for us to discuss. Um, sort of the our understanding of a of a passage or a book like Isaiah versus the original audience and what they would have heard uh, and mm-hmm. what this would have meant to them. Because we, I mean, we talk about context matters, right? You mm-hmm. know, a lot when we, when we read scripture um, and a lot of times we look at these passages and, and, and we, th- we, we immediately try to apply it or, or think of it in our context. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, not without even thinking maybe, you know, this might've meant something really much weightier or, or, or different to the the original audience. So, talk about that for a minute. Like, what is what would their understanding or the weight of this passage been for them as as it would yeah opposed to us? I think it's a fantastic question, and and this may sound overly dramatic, and it, it may be, but I, I don't think it is. So let's just try it out and see, right? Um, because of what we know about their history. Now they don't know it yet. I, I think Isaiah knows it through visions that he received mm-hmm. from the Father, but they don't know what's coming. There is a tidal wave mm-hmm. about to absolutely right. wreck them. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there is the Assyrian army who is about to come, and they're going to destroy the north, the northern kingdom, but then they're going to get turned back from the southern kingdom. But eventually the southern kingdom is going to fall as well, right? And so, so this, this Assyrian group, the, the, the worst of the worst, like, like if we could imagine almost a doomsday scenario, mm. and a prophet stands up and says, we're looking for hopeful words, and he stands up and he says, not only is it not hopeful, guys, it's going to be far worse than you can mm-hmm. even imagine. And it's going to get way worse before mm-hmm. it ever gets any close to getting better. Mm-hmm. That would be the weight of what they're feeling mm-hmm. and, and, and receiving this word. Now, again, they, they don't – I believe there's generations and people who are going to be living because the, the um, prophecy of Isaiah goes for so long. I think 740 B.C. to 680. Is that right? Because when Isaiah dies – Jeremiah comes on the scene. Right. And he begins to, to prophesy. And then that's when we see Babylonian exile for all of Israel. And, um, and so it, for us, it would be essentially, I believe, there is going to be an incredible mass extinction event um, and, and not like asteroid coming or, or earthquake or hurricane, but a people to invade us if, if it were to be us today. And they're going to take us away to a foreign land and we're going to have to live there. And, and these are God's people. Mm. And, and they're, going to, they're going to cry out, God, save us. God, hear us. We are your people. How could you let this happen? And God's going to say, I hear you. I see you. Mm. And you're going to be there for a little while. Mm-hmm. But I promise you I have a plan. And this is yeah. a part of that plan. Yeah. That mm. would be the weight of what they're yeah. feeling. Mm. Yeah. And I think to your point, Mike, we, we read this from the other side of it all. And That's so right. as hard as it is, we go, yeah, but it's going to get better. Mm-hmm. They're hearing it before it all happens that's right. and don't really know, even though God is saying ultimately it's going to get better, they don't really know what that's going to look like that's yet. Right. And I think there is a difference. I think the weight of it feels a lot different. It's kind of like 
trials mm-hmm. that we go through that you know it's for a season, but you already know that on the, you know, you're having a, a surgery, right? And the doctors are like, hey, it's going to be real bad for two weeks, three weeks, a month, six months, but then you're going to be great. You're going to feel better. Well, you kind of you gear up for that. Right. But when you're going into it and you don't really know what the end's going to look like or how long it's going to be, and in this case, you're talking, you know, generations, generations, generations. Yeah. Mm. So, so, so to even think about this, and and I think this is a an important understanding. There are generations of of followers of God who who were covenant brothers and sisters who died without ever without one it. instance of good, or at least good as we would understand yeah. it in mm-hmm. its fulfillment. Yeah. They died hoping, yeah. hoping without any kind of resolve, any kind of restoration, any kind of whatever whatever the, the prophecy was going to be, no inkling of what that would look like. They died and passed away. Generations of mm-hmm. that. And then all of a sudden, God, God would show up and do it work. In our society, at least it feels this way, we are very individualized. And when we read a passage like this, we'll say, well, our breakthrough's coming. My breakthrough's coming. God is going to be faithful to me because he was faithful to Israel back in the day. <laughs> and we forget that they're, God was still good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just because generations didn't experience the, the end of the prophecy mm-hmm. doesn't mean God wasn't good. Right. Doesn't mean that God wasn't faithful. Right. And, and it's hard for us to, to think uh, outside of this, but but we only think in the timeline that we see, and I, mm-hmm. I understand why that mm-hmm. would be hard. We would say, well, in life, that that's all we have, and then death, and it's over. Well, in the economy of God, that's not true. That's right. That even even in the Old Testament, precious in the eyes of the Lord are the death of His saints. Yeah. There there is something too that when we take our last breath here, it is not our last breath. We take our first breath into eternity, mm-hmm. and we are with God. But there is this this. Godly, this cosmic—it's not a play, but there's a script I believe that is unfolding over time and space. Right, and it's not about us. Mm. It's not about our people. It's not about the United States. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not about any any group. It's about the glory of God over all of eternity. Mm-hmm. And when we look at yeah, and, and you know, talking about all this, and we look at these these kind of passages, and and, and really all the prophets in totality. I mean, you, you, it really helps bring perspective to that. It's mm-hmm. like okay, this is. Like this really isn't about me. Mm-hmm. There is there is a much bigger mm-hmm. plan and picture at work here, and I'm just like a little little piece of it. Yes. And uh, and God, you know, God's at work through all of this. That's um, really helpful. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I don't think that means that we are insignificant. I think right. God and His His sovereign grace created everybody as significantly a part of His mm. His story. Um, but in that, you and I, we aren't. We aren't the masterpiece, centerpiece, the the one that all of eternity will be looking at. And I think that mm-hmm. is hard where we live to mm-hmm. to actually think mm-hmm. that way. Mm. Yeah. So um, really as as we as we jump in, uh, so I think there were a few topics that we wanted to try to cover in our in our time today. Uh, the first one, I think, Sean, is something you brought up, and I think it, it had it related to a question that maybe came up in your life group, uh, but it, it related to verses sixteen and seventeen. Uh, of Isaiah one and uh, and really, this is this is where you know Isaiah's kind of he's kind of laying it out. He's saying you know this yeah. is this is this is pretty like you guys are pretty messed up and uh, but then he 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 ends that little passage by saying hey uh, you know here's some things that you need to do and uh, and it sounds like that it it's something that they need to earn right. Yeah, God's favor. Right? So yeah, so. I th- and I th- I think this we 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 talk about that a lot in here, is that if we're not careful, we'll we'll move into 
um, I've just got to do better. I've got to be better, you know. Um, and and as we talked about this, and and the way I would explain it is, he points out uh, their practice of worship had become really empty and ritualistic. Mm-hmm. It really had it had nothing to do with who he was. Mm. Um, and so he's calling them to to reflect on that, I believe, and repent. So that the evidence of who he is is now lived out in their daily life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not that they do these things so that they might earn the favor of God, but they might do these things as a as a testimony to who God is mm-hmm. through them, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, so we we just have to be be careful that we don't start looking at the good things that God calls us to do as ways that we earn God's favor or salvation, but instead. God calls us to himself, and as we respond to him, the life that we now live mm-hmm. as we walk with him and journey with him now becomes evident of, of the work that God's doing in us. Mm-hmm. And so I, somebody can say that different. Um, you, you mentioned, Josh, James kind of pulls on this as well as being evidence of the faith. That's exactly so, right. Yeah. 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 yeah, And I, I think you know, James has the, the famous quote, if you want to see my faith, look at what I do. Um, because he he would you'd say faith without works is is a is a dead faith, uh, and so here again I, I don't um, at all believe God is calling His people to try harder to be better in hopes of one day Him actually loving them. God God had already covenanted with them. That's the beautiful right. thing about covenant um, that they had been His for mm-hmm. for generations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there there was a part of the way that they were living that was opposite of the way that people who belong to God should act. Right. Uh, and so there there's a sense of a standard, um, and and God would say, look look you're you're doing the worship, the, the prescribed ritual that I've, I've given to you. But again, as we would understand, and even as Jesus would teach in Sermon on the Mount, those rituals. We're, we're always centered on the heart of worship. Mm-hmm, and if right. your heart isn't in the worship, then the rituals don't matter. They're, they're empty, right. vain repetitions that are, are no good. Well, he says even more than that, and this, you're talking about being evidence of, uh, of a heart change, and, and, and we, do, we do want to live righteous lives, and we are called to holiness as evidence. But he goes even further on what happens when we show up and our heart is in a posture of rebellion when he says, this whole piece here is don't come to me with offerings and incense. He calls incense an abomination. That's pretty strong language. Strong yeah. language. Um, he says, I can't endure your iniquity and your solemn assembly. Assembly, Endure iniquity. Uh-huh. I can't do that. And when you come together for this, I mean, that's really harsh mm-hmm. sounding. And if we're not careful, I think we've got to really work to understand what does he mean by iniquity. Right. That was the question I had in this because as we're as we're reading this and as you preach it, what does iniquity mean? Because iniquity could be, as we talk in here, sin is a normal not normal sin is a part of life. We struggle Sadly, with sin. Sadly, it is normal. It is normal, right? Yeah. So we we often turn to our own way. So. If, if he can't endure iniquity, it sounds like in just a surface reading, he can't endure my sin and solemn assembly. Yeah. Right. Which makes me... So now I have to avoid him because I can't come and into worship. his presence. That's right. So solemn I can't assembly come to worship. worship. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I can't come to worship and feel safe yeah. if I've got sin in my life. Sure. If we, if we 
take the simple mm-hmm. explanation of iniquity as sin. Right. But I think you had a great phrase that you looked up. I did not have a great phrase. I clicked a button and found a great phrase. <laughs> this is yeah. the coolest thing ever. But like you this, know what button to click. This so. is yeah. a life-changing phrase for me. I think is it's it really? awesome. I love it. I That's love it awesome. so much because I love the word affection. So go ahead. And what knew, is, what is the definition? It's that easy to change. Yeah, the line. man. Mark, Mark is when you're, click of a button. When, <laughs> when you're where I am, it's just not that hard to change my life. <laughs> no, it, it's good stuff. So um, if you're looking for a reference, the reference is the New American Standard Hebrew Aramaic Updated Edition Dictionary. Um, that is, is a mouthful. It's, yeah, it's a whole it mouthful. I have a couple of those in my library just for <laughs> Just casual. sitting around. Yeah. Just sitting around. Uh, logos.com uh, is a, a fantastic resource. But they have a really cool definition. They truly do. Uh, and it is uh, – they, they would say that iniquity – is an affection for wickedness. Mm. And and I think that as we understand what what God is speaking to the prophet Isaiah and the prophet is speaking to the people is it wasn't that it's it's not a man I'm sinful, I have a sin nature, therefore I can't come to worship mm-hmm. until I get cleaned up. Well, of course we know that's not true as right. we read the whole of the Bible. Mm-hmm. But if we are actively affectionate over wicked things, we can't be affectionate for God because our heart is not Beautiful. dual in nature. Right. Mm. It is. It serves one master. Mm-hmm. I think that's exactly yeah. right. And I think the most beautiful picture of worship is affection for God. That's right. right. I mean, that, that that doesn't mean you're perfect. No. But when our heart's affections are turned to him. Right. Uh, who wrote that book? Um, affections, heart... Uh, it's great. Yeah, it's a great book. Yeah, that book that, oh, that, guy, you can that, that author. All right, I'll find it before we get Such off. Such a good book that I remember, <laughs> bro. I can't remember any name, any book. So happens read. when you turn thirty-five. But, <laughs> that's when you turn thirty-five in August. But it's um, it, it's when our hearts' affections are His yep. versus when our hearts' affections are the things of the world. And uh, you're trying to hold my hand, Chase. <laughs> if y'all could see this, I do talk with my hands even when nobody's looking. Um, but. I think uh, that's just a a challenge, but an an encouragement for us. And if you're listening to this and you're in a place where you're saying, what do I do when my heart's affection Mm. is not for God? Mm. What do I do when my heart, when I, when I realize I am really affectionate toward the things of the world? Right. Well, what is your response? I I Mm. don't think your response in that moment is to try harder. Right. To try to prove it. I think it's, I need to sit with some dudes or some some people from my family, my, my brothers and sisters, and confess and say, look, my heart is is turned to the things of the world. Yeah. And let's go to the heart issue, not to the performance issue. Mm-hmm. And where do we get to that? Because I know we all struggle with those seasons mm-hmm. when we look up and we think, man, I don't know that my heart's affection really is his. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I do find myself affectionate yeah. for the things of the world. Yeah. What do we yeah. do in that man, moment? Man, you, you spoke a great word, at least in practice. Um, you spoke a great word, not at least. You spoke <laughs> a great word. And in practice. Um, I think there is something something beautiful, too, confessing your sins again, going back to James. I uh, didn't know right. it would tie all together. Mm. But confess your sins one to another and, mm-hmm. and find healing. Uh, I think there's something to that because a lot of times, at least in my own life, I'm actually not the first one who realizes I have an affection for the world or affection for wickedness. It's the people that I trust around me Mm -hmm. that begin to ask questions because they begin to see things and see either the time that I'm spending on something or the thought process or the things that I talk about or the things that I'm – like all of these things that I'm sharing openly Mm -hmm. because I want them to be able to see. There's a sense of safety because I think, at least for me, 
self-preservation is is ingrained in me mm-hmm. because I'm always, and this is sinful, okay? I, I'm, go ahead and confess that to you brothers. My, my, my confession is I'm going to look at others more critically than I'm going to look at myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to find flaw in you mm-hmm. before I'm going to find flaw in me. Um, and so it is, I would say, even imperative mm. that I have people in my life who can say, hey, hey, can we can we sit down? I need to ask you some questions yeah, right. and, and to be open and honest about that. Mm. Do you guys feel that? Like yes. y'all have that? And yeah. Yeah. folks yeah, no. who will not just say, I see this in you, clean it up. Yeah, take but it to the Father. folks who will say, hey, let's pray through this and yeah, let's right. figure out yeah, where yeah. that's coming inside right. and why yeah. it's surfacing this way. Right. Yeah. Those are the kind of folks yeah. you want in your life. Yeah, I, I have several thoughts. One is, if I go all the way back to Ten Commandments, you yeah. can have no other guys. You're just talking about the, mm-hmm. we don't have a dual-natured heart. Right. Like, and so... So it's literally God saying, you you can't continue to love your sin and yourself mm-hmm. and expect to love me, mm-hmm. right? And and which then draws us to New Testament to, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, right. take up his cross and follow me. Yeah. It, it's it's the, the death of self-preservation. Yeah. And, yeah. and so I've got to, I've got to not love myself more than I love God. Right. And, and, and understand that he is the one that is... Um, I loved your picture of in that moment that we recognize that we are loving the things of this world or we're loving mm-hmm. sin more than we love God. It's not the hanging of our head in shame, but the understanding that there's a God who is lifting our head. And, mm-hmm. I, and I think I've, I've also heard that explained too, not just the lifting of the head, but the setting of a table. Mm. Like the, so, hey, look at me, come sit with me. Right. I, I, I'm the thing you're looking for, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm the person that you need to spend time with. And so the, just the idea of how we even modeled that, you said sitting with brothers in confession of sin, I, I think is a direct reflection of what God's inviting us to do even with him. Yeah. So as we practice that among each other, it, it literally shows the posture of our heart toward God himself. Right. Are we yeah. willing to sit with him and confess our sin to him and, and be willing to look him in the eye mm-hmm. and go, I, I, I so want to love you more than, yeah, right. than these things. Yeah. And so, yeah, um, yeah I, I think that's the beauty of repentance. Um, yeah. A lot of times it's just, you know, I'm sorry I did that thing, but I think there's something to God. I confess I, I love you more. Mm. I, I love you more than I love this, but I am loving this more than I love you right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Um, and that I think is a posture of, of yeah. proper And repentance. that's, that's where my head went uh, a few minutes ago. It's, you know, because I, I believe, you know, confession is, is, is good and right and helpful. Um, but we can have confession without brokenness sometimes, That's right. you know, we can, good word. we can admit our faults, but, but not really be broken over it. Sure. Um, and without repentance. Yeah, and without right. repentance. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I think back and, and just back to this whole discussion, uh, you know, when we started talking about the iniquity in solemn assembly and, and, you know, all this, I, like, I just went back, my, my mind for some reason went back to King David and mm-hmm. I, I'm thinking, you know, you know, if you read and you you understand the totality of David's story. Hmm. I mean, he did some pretty wicked things. Yeah. And uh, yet, you know, at the end of his life, I mean, he's he's called a man after God's own heart. And so, um, you know, clearly, uh, you know, we can uh, we can be sincere and uh, and genuine followers of Jesus, and um, and have you know, we do simple things, right? Mm-hmm. The, the thing that, that strikes me about David is he was always broken. Mm, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you, read, you read in the Psalms his brokenness over <laughs> sin. Yeah. And, um, For sure. You know, and so I, I think, again, I, the confession's great. 
but but there has to be brokenness and repentance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think one of the things about this particular passage that stands out, and it goes back a little bit to what you were saving, saying, even at an individual level, we can have a tendency of pointing outward and saying, look at, look at your flaws and your faults and your sins and not examining our own heart. Right. But this is, this is written to God's people, right? And I think uh, if we look at how we can sometimes as a church today operate, we can be very much about pointing toward the world outside and mm-hmm. saying, you know, look how evil, look how terrible, look how, yeah. and not starting with ourselves That's right. as a mm-hmm. church, as as God's people to say, God, where have we drifted? Where have we willingly disobeyed? Where have we been disobedient and been great with it? Yes, right. And um, and allowing Him to call us back and His and His love in drawing things out and showing us and convicting us where we've gotten off it, his love is to to use those things to say okay now it's out there now you have an opportunity to respond to that mm-hmm. now now you can right. repent of it now you can come back but i i think we can especially maybe if you're in a culture where people go to church a lot and people it's just kind of part of the almost the norm of where you live um, we can be pretty quick to point toward the outside world instead of looking mm-hmm. inward first yeah that's right yeah. Well, and, and I think, you know, that's that's where, uh, you know, I mean, you mentioned our culture, and I think this is something that's prevalent. Uh, and, I, and we've talked about it before on this on this podcast, but, you know, I mean, we do live in the South. We live in the Bible Belt. Um, we live in an area where, uh, you know, there's, there's this cultural Christianity. I mean, people go to church, they do religious things, and, and that's just a part of life for, for a lot of people. Uh, in this this region, and uh, and so and I think you know one of the things the a comment was made in our pre pre podcast discussion you know that often we know of God but we don't know God, mm-hmm. um, and I think we see this a lot in in our culture uh, where there's you know we do religious things and we do churchy things and 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 we know a lot about God but uh, but our lives don't always bear that out, that knowledge out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think one of the biggest, uh, the, the harder things that we have to, to navigate as pastors, and I say we, I would say pastors, ministers, those those who are leading uh, in this effort to advance the kingdom, uh, where we live is to help people step out of religion mm-hmm. and, and into more of a relationship. And I know that even sounds like trite or trinkety. It's not about religion. It's about a relationship. Well, there's, there, that's right. It is a beautiful religion. Like, Again, pure and undefiled religion right. mm-hmm. is this to take care of orphans and widows and their their distress. Like it's not that, but it's the ritualistic nature where we can come in and on a Sunday, on a Wednesday, whatever it would be, tick the box. We've we've done the three things on on one day, or we've done the one things on this day, or we've read our read our Bibles, or had our quiet time, or gave an offering, or whatever it would be, and then we feel better about ourselves, but we don't know. Mm. The God to mm. which we are doing these things, and mm. and I think for us as as um, as ministers and pastors, and I would say it's a tension that we have here at Broadmoor specifically, because we're a big church, and much of what we do is geared towards an event mm. or a moment of of a worship service, which I would even call an event, and so we are always always we are uh, seemingly. Creating an experience. Come, come and see. Come, come and experience. Come and do these things. And if you do these things, we're proud of you. Thank you for being a part. Mm-hmm. Thank you for giving a tie. Thank you for doing all these things. Go be blessed and have a great week. 
and our hearts are beating, but I want you to love the Lord every day. Mm-hmm. I want you to wake up and I want you to walk with the Lord. I want you to, to know that he loves you, that in your best days, he, he is there with you, but on your worst days, he's still there with mm-hmm. you, that the full extent of his love has already been lavished on you. As a Christian, if, if you have come to Christ, you have the fullness of that love. I know that's our heart, mm-hmm. and that's kind of the tension that mm-hmm. we walk in, I think. I think it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, know, and I know we're running out of time here, and I, I, so I know we need to wrap up. But I, I just, you know, I want to say thank you, Josh, just for this passage and, and for, for, uh, for preaching from it. I, you know, for me, who, who it, being one who is responsible for uh, a large portion of one of those events, weekly events, um, you know, I, I just found myself yesterday and, and even today, this morning, uh, you know, being very reflective about, uh, okay, how often do I come to the solemn assembly mm. and, and I come with, mm. you know, just with unrepentant sin or, mm. uh, or, you know, my heart is just in a, not in the right place. Mm. And, um, and you know, and as someone who's who's responsible for at least planning, you right. know, a lot of these things and and all that, you know, I, I think, man, um, I feel that weight, and yeah. and I know how prone I am to that, yeah. and so it's maybe much more, uh, I guess, just uh, desirous to uh, to examine myself. Mm-hmm. I, I I feel that, and mm-hmm. we're, we won't get into it because we're not preaching through Isaiah, but I, I think there's something beautiful about Isaiah six. Um, mm-hmm. Isaiah is a prophet. I, I don't. I wouldn't assume him to be the worship leader, but certainly a mouthpiece. Mm-hmm. Um, and he comes to the to a very similar, and probably not similar in the sense of leading worship, but similar in the sense of depravity, brokenness, mm-hmm. sinfulness. And he speaks, "Oh, woe to me! I have mm-hmm. seen the Lord high and lifted up, and I am, I'm a dead man. I, I, I am a a man of unclean lips. I come from a people of unclean lips. Mm-hmm. And and rightly, God should have should have ended him." Mm-hmm. Unalived him right there in that moment. Um, <laughs> Unalived, but in his grace, he uh, this this angelic creature, this the seraphim, flies over to this altar that he sees and picks up this coal and puts it on his mouth and and, and as a symbol of 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 restoration of of forgiveness and and mission. Um, and so there's something beautiful. So I don't, we would never want you to hear mm. something like this. And I don't even think that's the heart of the passage. Mm. You are broken. In our sin nature, we we have an affection for, we have a we have a propensity to have an affection for wickedness, right. um, and and so that that's not the issue at hand. The issue is what are you going to do about it? Right. Mm-hmm. You can try harder to be better, but it's not going to work for you. Mm-hmm. You've got to come to the source, mm-hmm. and so that's why we get to the end of this passage, and and he is he is the lifter of the head. Mm-hmm. He says, "Come, mm-hmm. let us reason together." And right. Though your sin is, it is. It, there's no question. Mm-hmm. It is like scarlet. It will be white as snow. Mm-hmm. Even though it is like crimson, it, it will be like wool. Like there's something beautiful about being known as a broken, insufficient man and God still loving you and using you mm-hmm. in spite of you. That's a cool thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is. Uh, so next week we go into the third week of Advent and the theme uh, that week will be joy. And then uh, then that's, that's December 17th. Then... December 24th, which is Christmas Eve, uh, we have our fourth uh, Advent uh, theme of love. And then, uh, and then, of course, our Christmas Eve candlelight services that same day. 
where we will light the Christ candle together and uh, and celebrate. Uh, so uh, I do want to just clarify uh, for everyone on Christmas Eve our schedule. Uh, we will have a 9:30 a.m. service. Uh, and that's going to be a low-key, laid-back service to show up with your kids and uh, no child care uh, that day, but, um, but just bring them in. It's going to be a fun time of family together. Uh, probably a little abbreviated and in, in, uh, in laid-back, um, but, uh, but come and join us. That's at 9.30. Then at 4 o'clock and 6 o'clock on that evening, we'll have our normal uh, Christmas uh, Eve candlelight services. And so uh, we invite you to, to join us for those as well. Uh, the four o'clock is usually really, really well attended. Um, <laughs> In and, other words, um, really packed. Yeah. So uh, the six o'clock, if, if you're just looking to beat the crowd a little bit, the six o'clock is always a good option for that. And uh, so, but we would love to see you on Christmas Eve. Um, one other thing, uh, we are not recording a podcast the week of Christmas, so just uh, just be aware of that. Christmas Day falls on a Monday. Uh, the church offices are closed that week, and so uh, we will not be recording a podcast that week. So if you are a frequent listener, just be aware that uh, there'll be uh, we'll be skipping a week of the podcast, and uh, so I don't want anybody to get alarmed because uh, you don't see a posting that week. So. And uh, we'll keep that in front of you for a little while here. <laughs> anyway, great discussion I'm sure today. Five people will be. What happened, podcast? That's right. That's right. Um, hey, always good uh, having discussion with you guys, and uh, and love doing life with you. Mm-hmm. Love you guys. you guys. This has been a production of Broadmoor Baptist Church. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with others, and don't forget to subscribe. To help us spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe as well. They can find us wherever they prefer to get their podcasts. And if you'd like more information about Broadmoor, please visit our website at broadmoor.org or connect with us on your favorite social media platform where we're listed as at my Broadmoor. Thanks for listening.